Welcome to the first episode of Bad Binge Big Screen, which, as I'm sure you could tell, means that we will be reviewing a particularly bad movie. Now, for the past, I don't know, couple of months, I've been doing some reviews on my Instagram here or there of some Nicolas Cage movies, you know, because I think we all know that he is both the best and the worst. Now, of course, I would love to have my usual partner in crime, Francesca, here with me, but I've been trying to get hold of her. I've been calling the hospital, and they keep telling me that she's not available. Um, and uh, it turns out it's because she is balling on the roof of the hospital. She told me she was on rounds, but it turns out she's perfecting her layup, so we're going to have to have a chat about that later. The movie that I've chosen is Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Now, I'd like to apologize straight up. I know that we are in some particularly tough times right now, just all around, and I don't think this is going to make it better. But you know what? At least you're not me, and at least you didn't watch this movie. There's going to be a lot of me sighing, and I'm really sorry. It's better than Frankie yawning, at the very least, but I just need to get the stress out somehow. And that's just how it's going to happen. So, the premise for this movie, I think basically it's a sequel, or it's a, not a sequel, but it's a part of an anthology series. There's a movie called Bad Lieutenant. This one is directed by the famous German director, Werner Herzog. So, of course... It got made because everybody thinks he's a genius. Wrong. He's not. He is not a genius. Werner, if you're listening to this, you suck. This movie takes place... (laughs) This takes place right after Hurricane Katrina. This movie was a while ago, 2008. How long after Hurricane Katrina did they make this movie? Three years. They only waited three years to make a very bad movie that had very loosely, it had nothing to do really with Hurricane Katrina. But as the title suggests, Nicolas Cage is in fact a bad lieutenant in the police department, which honestly is quite topical right now, but that was not my intention. So it opens with Nicolas Cage. He inexplicably walks into a prison Val Kilmer is his cop partner, by the way. They are both laughing about these nude photos that they pull out of a locker. Now, what I don't really understand is the context of exactly how far after Katrina this happened, because the water appears to be rising in this prison. There's nobody left except for this one guy in a cell. Val Kilmer and Nicolas Cage proceed to jeer at him as he's almost drowning. Uh, make fun of him. Nicholas Cage laughs at the prisoner when he asks, begs to be let out of the prison before he drowns. And then, for some reason, Nicholas Cage decides to jump in and save this guy. Cut to, and I mean heavy cut to, his promotion to lieutenant. So I guess at the time of the beginning of the movie, he's not lieutenant yet. But he apparently, I guess, when he jumped into the water in that prison hurt his back, so now he is addicted to Vicodin. (laughs) I'm not kidding when I say for about 80% of the movie, 
Nicolas Cage's main goal is to get a hold of drugs. He needs the drugs bad. So first, he vaults over a pharmacy desk, accosts a, a, a pharmacist so that he can give Vicodin. Then he has a cop who works in the, uh, what's that room where they keep all like the, the stuff that's been confiscated? Whatever. The guy who works in that room, he propositions that guy to get him cocaine. Then he corners a girl and a guy outside of a bar. And then, this is the most disturbing part. Perhaps if this hadn't been the movie, I wouldn't be so upset. But but he makes a guy watch. Nicolas Cage makes a boyfriend ha- watch as, he, as Nicolas Cage has sex with his girlfriend while they're doing heroin. It's very weird. I don't understand this. I'm going to say this, and I really mean it. Old white man directors are creepy as hell. They, they have some freaky ideas, and they decide that they would like us all to know about it. You know what? I don't need to know about your your strange fetishes. I just would like you to keep that locked up in a lockbox and, and buried deep somewhere. I don't need to know about this stuff. Okay, anyway. Oh, I forgot. He also goes to a nursing home and harasses two very nice elderly women. Um, and all the while, he is investigating these murders that happen at the beginning of the movie. But the murders are the B-plot. The A-plot is him trying desperately to find drugs. I also need to mention a couple of things. Not a, not a dang person has a Louisiana accent. Not one person. Now, I understand that oftentimes if something takes place in Louisiana, it can be kind of comical and cartoonish because they overdo it. But this was the exact opposite. Um... Nobody, nobody had any sort of ties to the area, which if you're making a movie about Hurricane Katrina or the aftermath, I would hope that you would do your research because Louisiana and particularly New Orleans, there's a hugely rich history um, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of respect that needs to be paid to a town that was ravaged and basically left for dead, but no. As I said before, our fearless director, Werner Herzog, decides that he's not going to do that. He's just going to use people of color and a horrible tragedy as a backdrop to Nicolas Cage's drug bender. This brings me to kind of another point, which is I don't really know why we made a movie about this bad white man. Are we supposed to be rooting for him? Are we supposed to like him? I don't think we are, but then again, I don't know then why we made a movie. Maybe it's that thing of being the anti, the devil's advocate. But he is so unattractive in every single sense of the word. As a, as a person inside, as a person outside, he looks like shit. At one point, he goes to a bar to meet his bookie, and they're in very close terms. I mean, there's nothing attractive about this guy. He has every kind of vice in the book and nothing to redeem him. Now, Nicolas Cage, let's just focus on him because I want to take something 
comical away from this because the rest of it was quite sobering, I'll be honest. Nicolas Cage decides to affect a weird accent halfway through the movie. No, no, not a, not a Louisiana, New Orleans accent, Cajun accent. Some weird nasally kind of like Poindexter accent. Um, very Nicolas Cage, very on brand for him. I failed to mention that Ava Mendez is also in this movie and plays his girlfriend who is a sex worker who is also really super into drugs. They both are very problematic people, it seems like, and also encourage each other's vices. At the end of the movie, I'm skipping over a whole bunch of stuff because it's just not worth talking about. At the end of the movie, Nicolas Cage gets promoted to captain. So he's no longer a bad lieutenant. He is a bad captain. Again, very quick, sudden cut to Nicolas Cage and Ava Mendez looking clean, looking sober. Everybody is sober. They have a beautiful house. Ava Mendez is pregnant. Um, then he, the same scene where he, he stops the boyfriend and girlfriend to get their drugs happens again. He ends up in a hotel room with a, a, a plate of Coke in front of him, and he looks like he's about to do it. A, a guy comes in and has room service, and he's like, I didn't order room service. Nicholas Cage says that. And the guy recognizes him and says, oh my gosh, you, you're the cop who jumped in and saved me. I was that prisoner. So I guess the, the moral of the story is that the bad guys are good and the good guys are bad. It's primitive at best, Okay. There are also these really, really artsy shots of close-ups of reptiles in some kind of weird, I don't know, uh, crackly, I'm not a film person per se, but like a crackly uh, overlay? I, I, I don't know. Regardless... There's about a two-minute close-up of these iguanas that Nicolas Cage yells at when he walks into a room as they're doing surveillance on another house. And um, that's about as interesting and unique as it got, and clearly I didn't understand what it was for. And I'm really, again, I'm going to go on a rant again, but I'm really sick of people putting things out there and being like, yeah, it's weird, so it's art. It's not. You just don't have any better ideas. So, usually at the end of my Instagram uh, videos about Nicolas Cage, I will rate it on a Cage Factor scale. Now, it, it did not showcase Nicolas Cage as anything super interesting, super funny, super nuts. So I would say he's like at a got three and a half out of five on the Cage Factor scale. And I just know that he can do better. I know that we can do better. I wish that Hollywood would stop making bad movies. Um, but as you can tell from this podcast, the reason we started it is because there is no dearth of bad movies, bad TV shows. So I think what I really want to say is you guys are capable of so much. If Werner Herzog can get this movie financed... And whoever at NBC can get the cameras rolling on night shift, you can do anything. So, I know it's only Wednesday. I find that fact to be very painful, but 
We will get through this together. Just never watch Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, and you will be absolutely fine. So, I hope you will join us next week when Frankie comes back from um, b-balling on the roof, or boxing, or grilling, or playing in a kiddie pool, or calling her bookie, or whatever the heck she's doing up at that hospital. She's definitely not studying, and she's certainly not doctoring. Um, So, I think that you should send her some hate mail if we get a chance. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table?